Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be sunny today with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. By the way, if you're uh, listening to this show, say on the podcast at a later time, it's brought to you by Marcotte Ford. They got your back for sales, service, parts, and rentals. Marcotte Ford. In, uh, in Holyoke. You know one of my favorite uh, Christmas films? You know which one it is? Yeah. Is uh, A Christmas Story. I hate that movie. I love that I, movie. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll let you do the interview then. Yeah. Remember that kid that played uh, Scott Farkas? The bully. The bully. Yeah. He had yellow eyes. My God, I swear to God he had yellow eyes. Uh, actor Zach Ward, who played that role back in uh, 1983, yeah. is going to be on the show today. Well, there you go. After 7 o'clock, he's coming to the zombie hideout in Springfield on the 16th. We'll uh, not only talk to him, but we will also give away passes for the whole uh, meet and greet thing. You'll talk to him. Uh, I'm going to recuse myself from the interview. It's not my favorite movie. It's yours. I love that damn movie, and I will uh, I will go to the grave. You remember that radio show that the guy used to have to recuse himself because he sold advertising to half the clients on the uh, on the show, and he'd have to recuse himself every time he uh, had like a political interview or something like that. Yeah, I do. It's this is uh, this is my version of that. I'm gonna recuse myself from the interview. Well, whatever you think is right, uh, what's ever good for the show, right? Uh, also today, uh, we're gonna talk to a teacher. Yes, Mr. H from, uh, he doesn't have a real name. It's Mr. H. Yeah, Mr. H. uh, He's from West Springfield High School. He's going to be bringing a student in here. They did this really cool thing uh, where they submitted a video playing the music of Metallica in marching band form. So we'll hear all about that coming up at 745. It's 535 now in Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield Classic Rock. It's 552 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, what was that? That was a, we did a bit with that, with that song. With Love Bites? Yeah. It was, uh, it was either Now Hear This or it was the other one when uh-huh. we had that other show. Uh, <laughs> it was Now Hear, what was it? Oh, Mass Hat. Was it the Mass Oh, hat? yeah. That was like the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've really blocked out that whole span of time. Have you? I've been uh, I've you, been reminiscing and going back and listening to some of the old shows. And man, man. I can't believe that went off the air. You should have seen what we did to Black Hole Sun. Oh well, you should have seen this guy <laughs> that I knew up in Syracuse. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be cold today. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well through the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. You know what? I was having so much fun, I forgot to open up my Hollywood Trash because <laughs> it was uh, it was sitting right in front of me, but I, I have it. It's, uh, it's right here, and we will start with 65-year-old Sharon Stone says, uh, let's see. She's 65, and she can still stir a man's loins anytime she wants to. Okay. She, she says, quote, I think I'm hotter now more than I've ever been. I'm in my 60s, 
People think that no one looks at you anymore, and the truth of the matter is I just have as many people who want to sleep with me now as I ever did. There are guys out there who avoid older women, and Sharon says it's not because they're not sexy anymore. You're not as easy as you were when you were young. That's what it's all about. You're not as easy uh, to blank. Mm. This is like the, uh, what is it, match game? Yeah, I guess so. You're not as easy to blank. Uh, you're not as easy to get rid of, and you're not as easy to keep quiet. You're not as easy to dump afterwards. You're not as easy to be a side piece. It's not uh, that you're not as hot. You're hotter. Here's a couple of statistics about Sharon Stone that I think everybody needs to know. Yeah. Okay, first of all, she's 65. Yeah. All right, she's only like, what, I don't know, six or seven years older than me? Yeah. Uh, secondly, she has a net worth of $40 million. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't make her more attractive to you, then I don't know what will. Yeah, I wouldn't get rid of her. No. I'd embrace her. She still looks terrific with $40 million. I wonder uh, if she's into dudes like me. You mean guys who are a long, long ways from $40 million? Yeah, 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 yeah. She might be. I have 40 million reasons to go on a date with her. Why must she have high standards her entire life? Can she have like a moment of weakness and go after a guy like you, Steve Nagel? No, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Never say never, Steve. Never give up. I'll just keep wishful thinking. Uh, We still don't know what put Jamie Foxx in the hospital earlier this year, but he looks like he is back. He even showed up in person Monday night to receive an award at a ceremony honoring black, Latino, and Asian people in the arts. He said, quote, I wish I wouldn't wish what I went through on my worst enemy because it's tough when it's almost over when you see the tunnel. I saw the tunnel, but I didn't see the light. It was hot in that tunnel, too. I don't know what the hell was going on. Am I going to the right place? He said, you never know. Uh, that's a good point. He said, quote, I have a new respect for life and I have a new respect for my art. I don't go down any tunnels. unless there's appropriate lighting. No, the appropriate lighting definitely needs to be. It needs to be made. An LED lighting, because I feel like uh, the carbon footprint of regular light bulbs is bad for the environment. Do you think uh, the afterlife has changed its lighting from incandescent bulbs to uh, LEDs? I would think so. would like to think so. I mean, if you want to make it bright and make people remember that you were here. What they need is one of those mass save energy audits. Yeah, that's what the idea Maybe they just uh, tactical flashlights. I think that might be uh, might be a better option now because you can recharge those. You can just put them, plug them in a USB now. Yeah, I know it's awesome. Uh, Margot Robbie. Oh, all right. right. Says an Oppenheimer producer asked her to move the Barbie release date. She told him, "Quote: We're moving our. We're not moving our date. If you're scared to be up against us, then you move your date." But she didn't move the date. She let it go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, it was a, that was a good move on her part. Mm-hmm. Well, they made it. They made didn't they make it like a Barbenheimer thing? Didn't they do that? Like you can go see both movies at the at same, the same time, at yeah, the same weekend, or yes. not the same time. Now, here's a couple of statistics about Margot Robbie you should know. First of all, she's 33 years old. Secondly, just like Sharon Stone, she also has a net worth of 40 million dollars. Really? Yeah. What's uh, what's with the statistics this morning? Are you? Uh, what, I don't know. What, I just uh, I don't know what it's about. I mean, for whatever reason, I've just been uh, fixated on Sharon Stone and Margot Robbie on the same show. I'd rather be more fixated on Margot Robbie at this point. Ain't nothing wrong with that. For $40 million. That's one I'll never get. That's one I'll never come knocking on Steve Nagel's door. By the time she's Sharon Stone's age, yeah. another 32 years from now, maybe you'll have maybe. your shot. Yeah. 
Hugh Grant hated the experience of playing an Oompa Loompa named Lofty in Wonka. He says the cameras had to wear uh, he had to wear for CGI motion capture were very uncomfortable, and it felt like a crown of thorns. Oh, hmm. now you're Jesus all of a sudden, Hugh? Uh, I made a big fuss about it, and frankly, what I did with my body was terrible, and it has all been replaced with an animator. Now, a couple statistics you need to know about uh, Hugh Grant. One, yeah. he's 63 years old. And two, he's got a net worth of $150 million. Yeah. And no he likes, offense. And he likes uh, hookers, too. No offense. Margot Robbie and Sharon Stone have come off the table. <laughs> That's right. I'll take Hugh Grant any day. He is a snack, my friend. He's an age snack. Yeah. Like a fine cheese or a dried sausage or a or a, a zweeback toast because that's the only thing he can eat at his age i feel like a baby when i eat one of these things that's right i feel young and spry uh when hugh saw the final product of the movie he didn't think it was all worth it in fact the dancing that should be fun wasn't even uh, him it was an animator wonka hits theaters on december 15th Man, I'm sure the movie uh, company's really happy that you're selling the sizzle on the film. Hey, next time you make a movie with you, Grant, uh, don't put him in charge of publicity. Yeah, why would you want somebody walking around? He must. Somebody must be yelling at him, going, "Stop talking! Stop saying that!" Yeah, usually when you're promoting a film, you want to talk about how great it is, not how 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 lousy it was. Well, think about all the people who have been in lousy movies. They still had to go on the late night tours and do the interviews and, yeah. and pretend that they liked it. You think you think Tom Hanks really liked being in Turner and Hooch? You really think that was like one of his uh, pivotal film moments or Joe versus the Volcano? You know, I liked uh, Turner and Hooch. I didn't like Joe versus the Volcano. No, nobody did. But it, would, it wouldn't have been right if he had gone on like The Tonight Show and said, hey, of all my films, this is the worst one I've ever done. The worst? The worst. And uh, Taylor Swift is number one on the Forbes list of world's most powerful women. Beyonce, Oprah, Rihanna, and uh, and Barbie are also on that. Hmm. Barbie's not real. Says you. It's not, she's not. How is Barbie on the list of most powerful women in a in a, well, uh, I mean, on it's a, a monetary magazine? Well, so it's, it's about power. It's about uh, you know marketing and merchandising. There's a lot of power, a lot of muscle in that uh, in that effort. Uh, by the way, we have a submission this morning uh, from a YouTuber called oh, Donnie B all day. This guy is a YouTuber who reviews knives all day long. Really? You know, I never thought there was anything fascinating about reviewing knives, but apparently there is. I've been watching some of these videos. and uh, he, All 2,000 of them? But he's a mega 102 fan, and he wanted to write some uh, Kim Kardashian stuff. So here we go. You're all ready? right. Uh, Kim Kardashian has a bathroom lined with Christmas trees. Really? Mm-hmm. Show us that something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I had anything in the can was when Ray J rode the doo-doo choo-choo. In that sex tape, you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. Okay, uh, well, Caitlin, I'll, I'll add this: it's the Molar Express to reach the Santa sack <laughs> at the South Pole. Okay. That makes much more sense. Oh my God, who's got the hot chocolate? Uh, Caitlin, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once mustard sauced the inverted hot dog. I man clammed the bedpost. Oh, very good. Yep. And what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I put Elmer's super goo in the unclosable sack. Crack. 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 Sack or crack. Yeah. One of the two. Man. Well, nice effort. This guy should stick to knives. Maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just got stabbed in the chest. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock What I Do. Ah! Bax's view from the couch.
And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, when the Red Sox sold Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees in 1919 for $125,000, it was the beginning of an intensely sour relationship between these two historic franchises. A rivalry filled with hatred and suspicion. A frosty relationship fueled by more than 104 years of bruised egos, bitter hostility, and an unwavering level of distrust. This is one of the reasons why there have only been eight trades between these two teams over the last 54 years, and I haven't been a big fan of any of them. Yesterday is announced that the Red Sox and Yankees have completed a trade that almost nobody expected. By the Red Sox shipping out outfielder Alex Verdugo in exchange for three right-handed pitchers, Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judice. And what do I know about these guys? Not much. I can tell you that Fitz had 163 strikeouts in AA last season. Weissert has pitched a whole 31 and a third innings for the Yankees after striking out 162 battles, uh, batters in AAA. And Judice is a 6'8-inch, 230-pound behemoth who was drafted earlier this year. Do I trust any of these guys? Not yet. Am I going to miss having Alex Verdugo in the Red Sox lineup? Well, let's see. The dude is in the final year of his contract. They were paying him $9 million a year to post a 264 batting average on a last-place team. I think I'll find a way to get over it. Here's my problem. There are 28 other teams in the league, and while not all of them would be willing, willing to trade away raw pitching talent for a guy who's never quite reached his potential, the last place I'd want to see the Red Sox trade a guy is to the New York Yankees. Why? Because in some ways, I'm still reeling from this whole Babe Ruth fiasco from 104 years ago. Sure, perhaps I'm holding on to an egregious mistake from the aughts of the early 20th century, but Red Sox fans were forced to suffer from that mistake. The good news is that nobody is ever going to confuse Alex Verdugo for Babe Ruth. The bad news is that despite that, Verdugo still makes the Yankees slightly better, and I'm still not comfortable with that decision at all. But hey, in MMI Yappin's Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Where would you go for a snow thrower? I'd go to Rocky's. Aaron's the king of snow, Ego the battery-powered badass, plus Craftsman. Rocky's Ace Hardware is the winter storm headquarters before and after the storm, and Rocky's is where to go for a good snow thrower. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 615 in the Who with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of uh, 30, uh, what did I say, 38. And uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It is 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, later on this morning, actually uh, next hour, we'll be talking to actor Zach Ward. And you may say, well, who the hell is that? That's the guy that played uh, Farkas yeah. in A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. The guy with the yellow eyes, the bully who was beaten senseless by Ralphie when Ralphie could no longer take it anymore. He's coming to the uh, zombie hideout in the 16th. We'll uh, talk to him just after 7 o'clock. Uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm going to let you take take care of that one. You sure? Yeah, I'm absolutely I don't, sure. I don't I really mind sharing. No, I never really liked that. Man, if you told me uh, we were going to interview uh, Jimmy Stewart from It's a Wonderful Life, then I would totally uh, be on board with that. But uh, Jimmy Stewart's been dead for years. Dave. What about Zuzu? Is Zuzu still alive at I, least? I, I don't believe so, no. Is anybody still alive from that movie? I don't believe. Uh, well, maybe some of the children, but yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't Zuzu. recall. Yeah, I don't Zuzu know. might be. I don't know. Anyway, uh, tonight, you know, being the holiday season that it is, mm-hmm. the uh, the Springfield Police Department is proudly present uh, participating in the annual Christmas event Shop with a Cop at Walmart, located at 1105 Boston Road, from 5 to 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday, December 6th, which is this evening. 
Members of the Springfield Police Department C3 units, along with the Hamden County Sheriff's Department, will go Christmas shopping with approximately 30 Springfield Elementary School students chosen by their teachers. Uh, the event is sponsored in part by Walmart, Springfield Together, the Springfield Police Department, C3 Forest Park, Springfield Public Schools, the law offices of Dunn and Phillips, and the Hamden County Sheriff's Department. Okay. Okay. The media is invited to attend. Walmart requests that no video is shot of their associates without their permission. Why? Because you don't want anybody to let you know that you're working at that Walmart. Town. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah. would you want to be known as uh, the Walmart person on Boston Road? No. I went to, uh, I had to go to Walmart yesterday, uh, the one in Chicopee. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a busy one. It's a very busy Walmart. Mm-hmm. Uh, busy in the sense of, is this where all the people go in town when they have nothing better to do than to hang out at the Walmart? I, this is going to sound almost counter uh, counterintuitive, but yeah. when I'm forced to go to a Walmart, mm-hmm. the one I go to is in where. Yeah, well, it's that's a that's actually a pretty decent store. Out it's there. a it's a beautiful Walmart. It's clean. Uh, it's, it's I think it's got a slightly better, uh, you know, clientele. Uh, not to, not to you know, point fingers at anybody. I'm just thinking that the the folks at Ware support their local businesses, their mom and pop Walmart locations. Well, let's face it, we're all the same clientele because we all shop at the Walmart. Yes, it's just different levels of clientele ish. Now, this uh, shop with yeah. a cop, will there be uh, people outside the store to uh, park with a narc? Yeah, well, you know, that's what I was going to hope for, that we could start that program. I see. I kind of like that idea. We'll start with that guy who got robbed of the $1,400 from the uh, the guy in Chicopee the other day. <laughs> but uh, the reason I brought this up was uh, this other story. Last December, a man in Florida was arrested after trying to shoplift from a Walmart while the store was hosting the Shop with a Cop event which included around 40 officers, and now it has happened again. This time, it was a 62-year-old woman in Michigan. She was caught trying to shoplift last Saturday while the store was hosting the Shop with a Cop event, where around 75 officers were shopping with young children. A Walmart employee notified one of the officers uh, that they saw the woman stealing more than $700 in merchandise, so the trooper followed her out to their vehicle, which was parked next to all the patrol vehicles of the officers. Hmm. Do we know what uh, this woman was stealing from no. the Walmart? I mean, you know, when 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 they put numbers in the in the media, like oh, it's seven hundred dollars worth of stuff. Well, I mean, that's not really that hard to do if you stole like an iPhone. You know what I mean? Like, I think people in their heads think, oh, you just stole a giant television set. Yeah, yeah you probably steal yeah. two of them. Yeah, for that price now. So I don't know what exactly she stole, but she was arrested and taken to jail. But I'm just. Uh, I'm just uh, throwing out the PSA. If you haven't attended the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge, do not attempt to shoplift at a shop with a cop event. That is probably one of the top things that we teach at that school. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to commit crimes when police are nearby. Right, because you will get caught. Well, especially when you're talking about like 75 cops in one store. That's a, I mean, that's a... That's a lot of cops. I, w- I wonder if that's like a mentality, like, hey, you know what? I can uh, I can steal from this place because all these cops are busy. Yeah, see, but if the place is crawling with heat, yeah, crawling with it, then you know you're gonna get uh, you, you're gonna get nabbed. It's you know like a cop can break away from yeah. the uh, the shop with a cop uh, detail 
and easily bust you for trying to you know walk out of the store with merchandise. Yeah. yeah. It's just common sense. It is common sense. The time to steal stuff is when cops aren't looking or even there. Well, this is why, uh, you know, uh, it, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just saying many people would wait for all the cops to be at one place and then go to another place. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a, like a, like an Ames or a Caldor. While, while they're doing the shop with a cop event at a Walmart, you're out at Caldor with those door-busting deals that they have every single day. And uh, the Ames store. Yeah, right. Where you need to shop for the bigger guy clothes. You know, the one for the big guy yeah, that they yeah. used to have over the sign. I do. Those stores have been closed for a long time, Steve. Caldor, Ames, they're no longer in business. Really, what you're doing is you're... You're forcing all the great petty crimes to happen in a Walmart, which is unfortunate because uh, there's good people working at that uh, at these Walmart locations. I really need to get out of the house more. You do. I, I think had you'd... no idea that those stores were closed. They've been closed for 20 years or so. Uh, next thing you know, you're going to tell me a channel's out of business. They are. What? I thought I, I thought I saw a channel the other nope, day. No, I don't think you did. All right, what? Well, uh, mirror then. Steve, I hate to tell you this, but Leechmere is no longer in business. What? Yeah. What about uh, Filene's? Filene's yeah, basement. Yeah, that's, that's closed, too. And the basement, too? Yeah, Grant's. That's closed. Grant's? Filene's basement, Leechmere, Caldor. Yeah. <clears throat> I could go on. The Bonton's even closed. Speaking of which, the uh, the Bonton, that popped up in my Facebook memories the other day when they had the one of the last ones over in Westfield. Westfield? Yeah. They, it, like, it was, I think it was like maybe a year or two before the place finally closed up shop and, but the lights were missing on the, on the thing. So instead of men's and home store, it said men's and hoe store. <laughs> now that's a place I'd shop. See, that's where I'd want to shop with a cop. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I'd like to be a part of that crackdown. Yeah. Can you uh, can you take me shopping for the hose? Oh, yeah. We'll take you shopping for the hose. We'll send Lynn Clark with you. She loves doing that kind of thing. It's 623 at Rock 102. Dealer for details. It's 626 at Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. It is uh, going to be sunny today with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It is 28 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, we uh, suddenly got a busy week ahead of us. Uh, you know, got uh, Zach Ward from uh, Christmas Story uh, later on, well, in just a few minutes, actually after uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow we got Scott Zolak and Friday. Remember the Cowsills? Yeah. Bob Cowsill is going to be uh, joining us on Friday. They were like the uh, the Partridge family, right? Wasn't that the... Dude, the uh, whole show was based upon the Cowsills. Based upon them? Yes. Wow. Everything from Reuben Kincaid to uh, to Danny to uh, Susan Day, all those things are all uh, inspired by the family of the Cowsills. Uh, that's pretty cool. Who? Which one was Danny Bonaducci? Uh, he played uh, Danny Partridge. No, I know, but which one was in the in the real Cow Sills was Danny Bonaducci? I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't know if they uh, if they picked and choose uh, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, Danny Bonaducci. Well, there you go. Yeah, so we'll have to ask him about uh, all of that and more. Uh, would you like to laugh? I would. All right, let's laugh. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> classic rock. How come nobody wants to have sex with math? I don't know. Why doesn't anyone want to have sex with math? Because it has too many problems and it's always asking me to find its ex. Ah! <laughs> 
Ah, you see, that's a math joke. Was there a mathematician uh, convention in town this a week? A chronic mathematician. Or was that was that next week? Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass News first alert forecast. Chili with... 631 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. It's brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The police were conducting an investigation at Chicopee High School on Tuesday... Afternoon. According to the Chicopee High School, several officers and detectives secured the area of the high school. Police say the, there was no threat to the public and no injuries were reported. According to the uh, police spokesperson, at a par- approximately 2.15 p.m., the school resource officer at Chicopee High School was made aware of a fight that was taking place in front of the school at dismissal time. The SRO uh, intervened, leading to a foot chase when a juvenile man ran up uh, Wheatland Avenue. A juvenile man... What? That's kind of like a... A juvenile. He's a juvenile. He's not a man yet. He's a juvenile. He ran up Wheatland Avenue. Uh, uh, Police add that as the party began to run away, another party in the area of the disturbance yelled to the SRO that the juvenile may have a firearm. Oh, they're calling him a juvenile man at this point. So there's a juvenile doing a man-sized crime. So when he had the gun, he was a man. When he didn't have the gun... He was just a juvenile. Yeah, I think you know, carrying like a, a firearm ages you a little bit. It's a, it, he's an old soul. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's an old man crime. Chickabee officers uh, were then called to secure the area. The uh, spokesperson said that a firearm has not been located at this time. The investigation is ongoing with limited details due to the juvenile man involvement after school activities at Chickabee High School were suspended as police conducted the investigation. The school was not placed in lockdown due to the timing of the dismissal and the incident happening coincidentally. Whatever happened to the uh, the good old fashioned fights? Like, uh, remember uh, uh, that movie Three O'clock High? I was just thinking the uh, yeah, same thing. Yeah, that was a that was a great movie. Yes, where uh, I can't remember what his name was. He was in Young Guns too. At Young Guns as well, and, <sighs> and Young Casey Samasco. That's his name. Boy, where'd you pull that one out? Of? I, it just popped into my head. Uh, he's also the guy who I believe he's the one who does the intro to uh, Warren G and Nate Dogs. Uh, that's like the clip from the movie. Can't be any geek off the streets. No kidding. Yeah. Huh? I didn't realize. I didn't realize that. So uh, yeah, I remember three o'clock high, and I remember you know yeah yeah the, the kid had to go outside at exactly three o'clock, get involved with a fist fight with a school bully. Yeah, which makes me think of the other, um, the other great movie. Remember My Bodyguard? No, I don't think I remember that. It's probably uh, like an early '80s, maybe late '70s movie. Yeah, uh, I believe Christopher Makepeace was the uh, was the star of the film. He had a buddy. He had a buddy. I had a buddy who uh, was like the toughest, scariest guy in the school, and and the guy, the kid, was being harassed by yeah. another bully. But then he made friends with this big giant behemoth guy, and no one wanted to beat him up because he had he had this friendship with this big giant guy. Oh, see, that's an '80s movie I can get into. Yeah. So yeah. what you do is, if you're being bullied, you got to find someone who's scarier than the bully. Yeah. Uh, it was Casey Samasco and Richard Tyson in Three O'clock High. Oh yeah. That's and right. his name was Buddy. Oh, Buddy yeah. Ter- Buddy Ravel. That's uh that was his name. Hmm. 
And uh, speaking of uh, bullies, we'll be talking to Zach Ward, the guy that played uh, Farkas in A Christmas Story, coming up after seven o'clock. How about that? Huh? One of the most hated uh, bullies in all of uh, in all of cinematic history. This is like a bully themed uh, show this morning. Yeah, that's right. Right, you punk. That's right. Yeah, news douche. Okay, listen to me, <laughs> Michael Baxendale. What I did, I did, I did, I did, I pick at that scab a little bit. No, actually, you didn't. I people still remember that. Why? I don't know. It's like people. You know, we can tell how old you are by when you say, oh, "I used to listen to Wacky 102." Well, it hasn't been Wacky 102 since 1980. It was 1981 that this changed over to Rock 102. So yeah. if you remember Wacky 102, you owed. You owed. <laughs> Geriatric owed. <laughs> you might want to grab your walker and change the channel yeah, if you think you're listening yeah. to Wacky. Yeah, yeah. What's what's it like to listen to Rock 102 these days? Depends. You know, because that's the diapers they're wearing. Oh, I see. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to change that joke up to something. It's bad. a great loose bowel joke. Uh, the Springfield Fire Department was sent to Dickinson Street, Street. Street. for a house fire on Tuesday night. Uh, Springfield Fire Captain Droopy Monty uh, said that the fire appeared to be caused by an electrical malfunction and that everything inside the home seemed to be up to code. Oh, no. Faulty wiring. But everything was up to code. I wonder how much damage it'll be. What's the uh, the uh, address on that one? They got the they got an address? Nope, just Dickinson Street. Nobody <sighs> really cares anymore. Twenty two News doesn't. Oh. Well, because I used to live on Dickinson Street. Well, we saw some numbers on the house, but they were falling down and upside down, so we couldn't tell what number it was. They it was, was either ninety six or sixty nine. I couldn't tell. Yeah, they were on fire. That's why. Yeah. Well, we'll comp- we'll continue to bring you more information as it becomes available. No, you won't. No, no, they won't. Uh, the West Springfield uh, Police Department's narcotics unit spearheaded a multi-agency operation on Kenmore Drive in Longmeadow, resulting in a significant firearm and drug seizure on Thursday. The investigation led to the execution of search warrants at 167 Kenmore Drive in Longmeadow, culminating in the arrest of Longmeadow residents Antonio Fusco and Franco Fusco on firearms and narcotics charges. Authorities seized approximately 625 grams of fentanyl and pill and powder form in 92 grams of powder cocaine with a combined street value of $101,000. Oh, you're so close to the 102. Now, are they uh, sure this wasn't for personal use? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've, I've known guys that can go on a bender like that for three days. Additionally, items used in the manufacturing and uh, distributing of narcotics, such as a pill press, digital scales, and cutting agents were discovered. Uh, the operation also uncovered a substantial uh, cachet of firearms and uh, firearm accessories with an estimated street value of $500,000. Get this, 10 AR-15 style rifles, two AK-47s, bunch of shotguns, 16 handguns, rifle uppers. What does that mean? I don't know. Lowers. You got your rifle uppers, your lowers, your barrels, your gun glock flames. And everything glock, in between. You got gun uppers, uh, <laughs> hundreds of rounds of ammunition, bulletproof vests, two 3D printers, various items associated with various manufactured ghost guns, and this one's for shooting down police helicopters. Oh, I don't need that. Yet. <laughs> uh, they face multiple charges. In, well, I mean, you can only imagine all the charges that are listed there for all the uh, guns they had. But uh, hmm. there you go. Uh, that's quite a bit of that's quite a bit of guns and drugs off the street. I'm sure these gentlemen would license for all those handguns. Yes, I believe. Well, the FID guard card got caught up in the mail. Nah, I think that always away. Yeah, that it happens. Uh, two people were arrested in Coleraine for allegedly killing a deer illegally on Saturday. 
According to the Mass State uh, Police, uh, troopers, along with members of the environmental police, were notified around 6.30 p.m. that a person in Coleraine saw a person shoot a deer from inside of a pickup truck from the road on the front lawn of a home on Shelburne Line Road. Coleraine's first world problems. <laughs> State police conducted a traffic stop at the suspected vehicle, a gray Toyota Tacoma pickup truck, uh, further down the road. Two people inside uh, the vehicle were dressed in camouflage and firearms were visible in the back seat. Brothers, 46-year-old Ira B. Duell of Worthington and 51-year-old Seth O. Duell of Coleraine were arrested. Oh, it's the Duell brothers. Right. Uh, police uh, seized a loaded cali- a 22 caliber rifle, another rifle, four muzzle loaders, two shotguns, a loaded handgun, and over 300 rounds of ammunition, four thermal scopes, and a gray fox that was killed that morning. We don't need that. Yet. Uh, ballistic evidence was also recovered from the illegally killed buck that was lying in the road and indicates it was shot with three twenty two caliber slugs. Three? You only need one. What kind of marksman are you? Uh, you need to go to the range. Uh, envir- Probably missed the first two and uh, hit once. Environmental police said the, uh, the two arrested have passed hunting violations and the vehicle was reported to be engaged in similar activity Two days prior, state police are investigating whether they're habitual poachers responsible for the past reported incidents. They were arraigned in Greenfield District Court on a slew of charges. If convicted, they face mandatory firearms identification card uh, revocations and revocation of hunting rights in almost all of 50 states. Almost all of 50 states? What state would still allow you to hunt? (laughs) From your car. Well, I mean... (sighs) Some people are still stuck in the pandemic uh, social distancing thing. I mean, some pe- there's still people wearing masks out there trying not to get sick. Why, why wouldn't you just do the drive-by hunting uh, trip? Isn't everybody in the town of Coleraine socially distanced? Yes. It's Coleraine. Well, I'm no sure one's standing real close to each other in Coleraine. I'm sure there's a populated area, don't you think? There is that small but uh, densely populated, densely moderately densely populated uh, intersection. But other than that, you, you ain't got much. I don't know. Well, you're illegally deer hunting on the side of the road from the car. That might not be a good idea. You might want to rethink yeah. that. This is considered a drive-by shooting in Coleraine. Yeah, man, I'm gonna pop a cap in that buck's ass. <laughs> Uh, Westfield Mayor Michael McCabe was shocked to learn that starting this week, heavy trucks are being detoured off the Massachusetts Turnpike through downtown Westfield. After having previously been told the detour was coming but months away, McCabe said he'd learn Sunday that the detour would start on Monday. You know, I was driving to work yesterday. I drive uh, this Montgomery Road, kind of connects the town of uh, Huntington to Westfield sure. and through the town of Montgomery. And, uh, and there was a lot of trucks coming up this hill, which normally you don't see a lot of trucks. And I said, I wonder if there's an accident on the Mass Pike. But then I come read the story, fun- come to find out that it's this detour. That bridge, the giant bridge between Westfield and the other, the 40 miles to the next exit. Yes. That's being, that's being repaired right now. So all these trucks are being detoured. Ah, uh, Okay. Uh, and McCabe says, it's hard to describe my level of frustration with the mass DOT. It's more than a little annoying, and that's putting it mildly, McCabe said on Monday afternoon. 
On Monday morning, DOT uh, set the de- uh, up the detour, which affects semi-trailer trucks over 40 tons, garbage trucks over 25 tons, and two-axle trucks over 20 tons. Eastbound overweight trucks must now leave the turnpike at exit 10 in Lee. Those headed westbound get off at exit 41 in Westfield. The detour route through Westfield follows North Elm and Elm Street's Route 10 and 202 and Franklin Street and Russell Road Route 20. Kind of causes a bit of a mess when you already have a backed up system at that exit 41. We were just talking uh, the other day about uh, the traffic issues, just getting it on and off the pike. Yeah. The detour will be in effect through 2025. Two years? Yeah. According to the document released by the Mass DOT, the agency did not have a more specific timeline for the bridge repair project. They've seemingly been working on that for years already. Like the underside, you know how they like redo whatever they do, they repaint it. Right. So they had all those like, uh, you know, they put the catwalks up there and then then they do their little turn. On the catwalk? On the catwalk. Right. On the catwalk. Well, that catwalk's too sexy for this uh, flow of traffic. It, it absolutely is. And and I'm just like, well, how, how much longer do you need to repair this? Yeah, well, 2025. That's that's a long time. Well, these are you know these are not uh, you know simple projects. You don't you don't just go up there with like a with a tub of spackle and a putty knife. Yeah. Well, you can do that. Yeah, but that doesn't really hold. You don't think a little bondo might uh, might work? Mm, I don't know. Last week, McCabe said he was told by Mastio officials that the do that the detour would begin in April of 2024. He said it was only by accident he learned Sunday about the impending detour. He said at about 5.30 p.m. Sunday, city engineer Allison McMorty told him she had gotten an E-511 alert about setting up the detour about noon on Sunday, but because she typically doesn't check her emails over the weekends, she didn't see the alert until moments before she called McCabe. Okay. Yeah, right, sure. You're the head of the traffic bureau and you don't check your emails until Sunday afternoon? Oh, well, you know... I- had a great time uh, doing the lights display over at the at the farms, and uh, I just didn't have time to get to my emails. Don't this you, really important alert. Yeah. Don't you think you'd get like notifications on your phone when important emails that are like uh, favorited come in? I would. Yeah, I would. I would think. Uh, yeah, put it as a VIP. Everybody that works here. Yeah. Or or people that are important to this show. Yeah. I have you uh, as starred. So I can it, the notification comes across the phone saying that says uh, Mike Baxendale sent you an email. Yeah. Now this is only like a handful of people I got started here. Everybody yeah. else is blocked. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I know I'm in charge of all the traffic here in this city, but I didn't check. And then you got McCabe, who's like uh, he's like General Patton over there. <laughs> he is. <laughs> now I want you to remember that no bastard ever won a detour in his city <laughs> by dying for his country. He won it by making the other poor dumb bastard die for his. <laughs> you heard all this stuff about Westfield not wanting to fight, wanting to stay out of the war. That's a lot of horse dung. Westfieldians traditionally love to fight. All Westfieldians love the sting of battle. When you were kids, you all admired the champion marble shooter, the fastest runner, the big ball layer players, the toughest boxers. Well, Westfieldians have another winner, and I will not tolerate a loser. Steve Nagel, everybody. Oh, it's, it's actually General McCabe over yes. in, in West. I know, but you're the one who acted it and really used uh, you know, that, all that sense memory to really make it sizzle. If you ever have your hands in a pile of guts of your best friend, you tell me if you want that detour through that city. <laughs> Nothing but dump trucks galore.
Already backed up already. Many, Who put a Panera bread right in the middle of everything? How many times have you been to the Westfield shops and go to the horror, the naked stop? It's, it's uh, horrible. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be sunny with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's seven, uh, 6.55 with uh, Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be sunny with a high of 35 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 and Aquapump are giving you a chance to win a pair of tickets to New England take on Kansas City and Foxborough on Sunday the 17th. You just go to rock102.com and you sign up by the end of the day on the 10th, December 10th, for your chance to win tickets to see New England and Kansas City brought to you by Aquapump and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. I'm reading this uh, story on 22 News. I don't even know why they bother putting stuff up like this. Uh, this Massachusetts snow tubing spot ranked number eight in the U.S. And uh, it says, <clears throat> even though there's no snow on the ground, it's time to start thinking about those snow day activities. There hasn't been snow, like a significant amount of snow, in how long? More than two years? Yeah. Like, you know, something that sustains itself for weeks at a time. We, we get a snowstorm lately. It's usually gone within a couple of days or less than a week. Now, I'm okay with that for the most part. I mean, I realize that, you know, skiers would love to have yeah. a, a bunch of snow in the mountains. But uh, down here in the valley, I'm yeah. perfectly cool with uh, no snow. Uh, winter sports such as skiing and snowboarding aren't for everyone, and not everyone has time to learn a new skill, which is why snow tubing is so appealing to so many, because it doesn't really require much other yeah. than getting on a tube and sliding down a hill. Any idiot could do it. Uh, USA Today ranked the 10 best spots for snow tubing in the United States, and one right here in Massachusetts made the list. Which one? Butternut. Ski area and tubing center in Great Barrington. Have they not seen the snowfall in the last couple of years? Like, we really haven't had yeah. some time to tube. Did uh, they have snow up in Butternut last year? Did I'm they make snow? Maybe they made snow, but I'm sure it's not as fun as still having a full amount of snow. And then, to top it all off, they, they put a picture of uh, actress Shannon Elizabeth going tubing at uh, Telluride Ski Resort in Colorado, because that makes sense. Sure. Right. Not pictures of people at the actual thing that's near you. But let's put someone who's very far away. Yeah, Shannon Elizabeth. Everybody wants to see her tubing down a hill, don't you? <laughs> well, to be honest, a couple of years ago, my wife and I actually went tubing at Butternut. And we had a good time. I, I mean, I had a great time, you know, having all those little children with their inflatable uh, tubes, uh, you know, cut in front of me as we went up, uh, you know, the, the, the lift. To the top of the hill. The conveyor belt? Yeah. Is he have the conveyor belt? I think it's a conveyor belt. I think I went to that one, too. Is that the one with the little lodge with the, uh, they got the big fireplace in the middle? And uh, uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the yeah, one we yeah. went to. Great it, fun. Is it Great Barrington, though? I didn't think it was Great Barrington. I thought it was Pittsfield. Maybe I'm. Maybe I went to Butternut. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I'm, that's what, I, that's what I'm thinking. It's, it's, it's uh, Butternut. Yeah, I think this is a different place. Oh, wait, Butternut. Wait a minute. Butternut in Great Barrington. What did I just say? What was the other one? Berkshire East. Oh, that... oh, 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 oh. I think that's uh, the other one. I don't know, but there hasn't been enough snow for tubing. I don't know. Yeah. Why... And then why are you putting up a story about it? And why are you putting Shannon Elizabeth's picture along with it? Because people would rather look at pictures of Shannon Elizabeth than look at a snowstorm. Which one is she? Is she the one from uh, from Saved by the Bell? No, no, no. I think that's uh, Elizabeth Berkeley. 
Oh, Shannon Elizabeth was the 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 hot chick in uh, American Pie. Yes, the one with the, yes. the foreign exchange student. That is correct. And why would we put a picture of her up on there on our story again? Because she's better looking. It's easier to look at her than it is to look at a snowstorm. Yeah, but she hasn't been relevant in probably twenty years. Either has a snowstorm in well, New England. I get you. I get you. It's six fifty nine. Rockwell. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Good people, rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, believe you me. The last thing I want to do during this beloved and widely intriguing feature is to bog it all down with a poorly timed political diatribe. That's just not my way. I'm not going to sit here and bloviate a pointless political agenda when my primary focus is and should be about the world of sports. However, there are times when it is almost impossible to separate the two. Today happens to be one of those unfortunate times. And all I ask is that you bear with me as I try to bulldoze my way through it. Earlier this week, you may recall the story I did about the upcoming college football bowl schedule, 43 games in 24 days. And while I would love to give you the entire list of each riveting matchup, I have instead decided to focus on the CFP semifinal game between Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl uh, presented by Prudential and the All-State Sugar Bowl between Washington and Texas, the winners of which will meet on January 8th for the CFP National Championship presented by AT&T. Now... There's been a great deal of controversy over the fact that the number four Florida State Seminoles were boxed out of the national championship semifinals and will instead face number six Georgia in the Capital One Orange Bowl despite being undefeated. The snub has been widely criticized as a bona fide outrage. So much so that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced yesterday that he'll be setting aside $1 million from the $114 million state budget to sue the CFP selection committee for negligence. Now, I don't care what side of the political spectrum you might fall on, but if your state governor wanted to throw down a million dollars to resolve a frivolous lawsuit about having to play in the Orange Bowl rather than for a national championship with so many other problems to deal with, I would probably stand up and speak my mind because, frankly, taking money out of the state budget for something this irrelevant is not only irresponsible, it's being initiated by a guy who's running to become the president of the United States of America. And if he's willing to file a lawsuit over football games he's not going to be able to go to, is he really qualified to make decisions that might actually be important to our national security? I would be compelled to say no because this lawsuit is Stupid. But hey, and of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You walk into the Westfield Rockies and you see a big smile that register, that's Eat It. Oh, you're there for a couple of Rockies gift cards? Eat It will take care of you. Good people like Eat It in Westfield and rock solid service at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. It's 713 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be. Sunny with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36, 28 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, it's the Christmas season, Steve, and I don't know how uh, Yuletide you feel around this uh, this time of year, but uh, there are certain films, certain TV shows that get me every season. Yeah, well, uh, there's ones that get me, too, and I don't really want to participate in this. So, how about that? Bah humbug. <sighs> Be that way, Steve. 
A Christmas Story is a, a comedy classic, a, a film that is beloved by uh, by generations, ever since it came out in 1983, Steve. How about that? And one of the uh, the big characters, I'm sure you all recall, was uh, Scott Farkas. He had yellow eyes. Yellow eyes, I swear to God, they were yellow eyes. Yeah. And uh, he is coming to the zombie hideout on the 16th of December, and uh, he is on the... Uh, He's on Zoom with us right now. Well, I'm just going to recuse myself. All right. It's uh, actor Zach Ward. Zach, good to see you. Good to be seen. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing terrific. You're going to be uh, coming to the zombie hideout in Springfield on the 16th. What's going to be uh, going on over there? You're just going to be signing stuff and shaking hands? Yeah, I'm It's uh, I'm excited about it. It's a local promotion for a Christmas story, 40th anniversary, um, zombie hideout, local business. Mom and pop owned owned uh, company, you know, in the community. Um, I always feel like it's a nice thing to do smaller venues and meet up with with uh, local people. You know, that's the thing about a Christmas story is that I think part of the magic of a Christmas story is that um, the movie failed when it came out. Nobody cared, <laughs> and it came out. It was released two years in a row, and actually, the first year, um, what's his name? Oh, give, uh, the guy from E.T. Entertainment Tonight, uh, Leonard not Malton. Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton panned the movie the first year it came out. Panned it. And then the second year, he revised his critique and said he loved the movie and it was an instant classic. So that was interesting. But the point is, the movie died when it came out in theaters. It did not do well. Um, and... Then it was sold to MGM, and then it came out on, you know, it started doing the, it came out on video. And that's really where it started to land its audience was when people were trading the VHS cassettes back and forth. And I know that sounds weird to the younger, uh, youngins in the audience, but <laughs> a VHS cassettes were $100 a piece back then, back when $100 was like the equivalent of $400. Right. So it was a big deal, and people would hoard the ones that they loved, and they pass it around, and then... TNT put it out on a marathon uh, um, uh, around Christmas. And the only reason TNT did that is because they bought the MGM library of films. So MGM went bankrupt and they sold out their library of films. So imagine you had a big library in your house, you <laughs> ran out of money, you sold all your stuff, right? Right. So this little movie, A Christmas Story, is in your library. You've got big, big, expensive books that are very successful, but this little piece of crap book a christmas story nobody cares about you're basically giving it away for free <laughs> and turner gets it and they're like eh, might as well put it on during christmas no one's gonna watch it and we have to put something on to abide by the fcc rules so let's just throw that on no one's gonna notice you, you cut know. to more more people ended up watching the eight o'clock screening of a christmas story than the amount of people who watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> and that's amazing. And, and that's the core point of what I'm saying is the studio did not promote this movie. Hollywood did not create this film as a success. The American public chose it. You know, it's a, it's amazing. They chose it because they chose it because it represented them. Yeah, it represented multiple generations, and that's what's beautiful about the film. You know, it, it's uh, what's incredible, Zach is is I remember seeing the uh, the film in the theaters first run my my my, nice. my dad was a huge fan of gene shepherd and really wanted to go see the movie so you know normally you see a christmas you know movie because your kids want to see it we saw the christmas movie because my dad wanted to see it and that's great and i remember 
it it kind of bombing and then you're know, talking about this movie and I said does it did anybody see this and no one had seen it all of a sudden it's showing up on you know on TNT on Christmas Day and everyone's like did you see this movie I said like, Jesus I've been I've been talking about this movie for years how it's maybe yeah. one of the funniest most you know you know, nostalgic you know films I mean even though it's set in the 50s what kid can't relate to what you know Ralphie was doing or or even you know, yeah. de- even dealing with a Scott Farkas, you know, you know with a, with yeah. a bully. Even though it took place in the 40s, the 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 story is timeless. Totally. You know, that that's the thing that's brilliant about it. That's like, you know, um I think about like Uncle Buck or or uh Planes, Trains and Automobiles, those classics that so, uh, so genuine and, and fun because you can relate to it at any age and it keeps on getting better. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is, it's, it's an honor to be part of something like that, that people just enjoy. And I get to share the experience with people in different places. And, and that's why I'm really excited about being at the zombie hideout, meeting people. And I'll be there for a Christmas story, obviously, but also if the, anybody's going to show up with their Freddie versus Jason, uh, paraphernalia or their Titus stuff or their Transformers stuff or almost famous, whatever they want to get signed. I'm happy to help out. You were about 13 years old at the time that the film was made, 1983. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the character you played of, uh, of Farkas is like one of those, it, it was so well played by a kid. I mean, I can't imagine anyone not hating that character simply because of the kind of, yeah. uh, the kind of bully that you, you portrayed. As a, as a kid, though, and as a young actor, did you ever feel as though people judged you personally as, as based upon that character? Or was that or did that not? Oh, happen? Yeah. Oh, no, that happened a lot. And it it's uh, it's easier now um, that the character has been established in the, the canon of Americana as like the you know, most beloved bully of all time, a kid bully. <laughs> you know, I'm sure Biff Tannen is the most beloved uh, teenage bully. But um, when I was younger and the movie hadn't really landed, like and I, when I was in my 30s, um, <laughs> I just got into a lot of fights because people were like, hey, man, I know you from somewhere. I'm like, well, I have never met. I'm working in a new town doing a movie or something. <laughs> and they're like, no, you dated my sister or you owe me money. I'm like, I have never been here before. But literally, it caused me to get into a great deal of... Uh, fisticuffs because people would misconstrue me with my character and where they knew me from and you know it's not like bumping into tom cruise or brad pitt you know those that that's tom cruise or brad pitt i'm just a redhead with a punchable face and so everybody just thinks that they need to take a swing yeah but zach it's the yellow eyes i swear to god you had yellow eyes right (laughs) i want to ask you about a couple other things obviously you've you've done a lot of acting a lot of tv a lot of film but as far as but as far as the other acting you've you've done, I mean, you were in Almost Famous and Transformers and and the and Walker Texas Ranger with uh, with Chuck Norris. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What was what was I mean? You always hear uh, you know, stories and jokes about how what a badass Chuck Norris is. I, is he really that that badass, or did you not get enough time with Chuck? Uh, he was a sweetheart. He was a very kind man. Um, this is interesting trivia. So in the episode I did called Camp Justice. I play a a late teen ne'er do well criminal. They're trying to uh, they're they're trying to bring to the right side of the tracks and and um, 
I actually sneak away, climb a tree, and when Chuck is looking for me, I jump down and hit him in the back of the head with a tree branch. It's a fake tree branch, and I knock him out, right? So I knock him out, and then I uh, I escape, and I fall down a ravine, and I break my leg, and I got to get lifted out on a helicopter, which was awesome, by the way. But then I go into set the next day, and we're in Texas, and everybody on the crew is either related to Chuck Norris or has been on this show for years and just loves them. They're a very tight-knit community. And everything had been going so well. And then I walk on a set the day after I, I knocked out Chuck with a rubber branch. <laughs> and everybody is giving me the stink eye. And I'm like, hey, good morning. And they're like, uh, you son of a friend. I'm, right over right I'm like, what's going on? And I, I turned to uh, the, the wardrobe department. Department. There was a, a lovely lady working there. I said, did I do something wrong? And, the, and she goes, well, everybody's upset because you knocked out Chuck. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, when you knocked out Chuck Morris. I'm like, I didn't really. And it was in the script. Why are you mad at me? That's insane. But yeah, that was my experience. It was incredible. I'm the only person in all the seasons of Walker, Texas, uh, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger to actually knock out, knock out Chuck Norris. So I have that uh, on my on my resume. Well, kind I, of exciting. Well, after being beaten down by uh, Peter Billingsley, I suppose that's kind of a great uh, a, a great revenge story in a way. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so again, you're going to be at uh, Zombie Hideout on the 16th, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll be there, uh, you know, talking to people and uh, and signing stuff. Zach, it's uh, it's great to talk to you. Like I said, I've been a big fan of the Christmas Story forever because who the hell isn't? And uh, it's right. it's such an iconic film. It's a it, it must be when you guys did the uh, the the sequel. It had to be a lot of fun to be back with a lot of those people again, and 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 uh, and kind of rejuvenating that story a bit. It was a great time. Did you get a chance to see the movie? You know what? I have not seen that. I have not seen oh, it. Good, 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 good. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, check it out this uh, this Christmas. Um, I got to be honest with you, it is very much for the people who were fans of the first one. So it really connects the dots and continues the story. I think you'll understand and appreciate it as a grown-up. Kids will enjoy it, but adults will love it. And awesome. I think it's, uh, yeah, it stays in the world of Gene Shepard. And you yourself are a raconteur in the in the tradition of Gene Shepard, the storytellers with their voices on the radio. And so you get it. Totally you know, um, so being getting to do that again was an amazing experience. And it was also one of those things that I was old enough, you know, when I was a kid, this is just a cool thing that happens and you don't really have any value to associate with it. You can't give it perspective. Uh, when you're grown up, you realize what rare air it is to be able to do these things. And, you know, these guys, the, uh, the other actors in the film, they're like my brothers. I've known yeah. them for 40 years. We've gone through a lot of shared experiences. We've been there for each other. Um, you know, like everybody else, life goes up and down. It's good, it's bad, it's hard, it's beautiful. And then it ends. And we've been able to be there for each other and, and be friends and uh, support one another. And that's been a huge gift. That's great. Zach, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. Best of luck next weekend. And uh, best Thank of luck you very much. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we'll come out to uh, the zombie hideout, baby. It's going to be cool. Sounds good. Zach Ward with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rock 102. 7.33 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by 
Uh, Gary Rome Hyundai. Technicians get up to a $5,000 sign-on bonus right now. Learn more at GaryRomeHyundai.com slash family. His local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. The police were conducting an investigation at Chicopee High School on Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. According to Chicopee High School, several uh, officers and detectives uh, secured the area of the high school. Police say there is no threat to the public and no injuries are reported. According to the uh, Chicopee Police spokesperson, uh, at approximately 2.15 p.m., the school resource officer at Chicopee High School was made aware of a fight that was taking place in front of the uh, school at dismissal time. The SRO intervened, leading to a foot chase when a juvenile man ran up uh, Wheatland Avenue. What is a uh, juvenile man exactly? Uh, that's the one with the, I believe they call it the Vogue stash, where mm. they're like old enough to like maybe be on their own, but also still in high school and have that like pencil thin uh, peach fuzz growing in there that's yeah. just starting to darken up. Would a would a juvenile uh, man be someone who would normally be considered a juvenile for a misdemeanor, but because he's doing a man sized crime, he's now considered a man? Yeah, you know who else is a man? Who's a man? I'm a man. Baxi here's a man. I'm a man. Uh, We're both a couple of men. Police add that as the party began to ran away, another party in the area of the disturbance yelled to the SRO that the juvenile man may have a firearm. Chicopee police officers were then called to secure the area. The uh, police say that a firearm has not been located at this time. The investigation is ongoing with limited details due to the juvenile man involvement. After uh, school activities at uh, Chicopee High School and DuPont Middle School were suspended as police conducted the investigation, uh, the school uh, was not placed in lockdown due to the timing of dismissal and the incident happening coincidentally. Now, does this young man know it's a man's 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 world? This is a man's world. Look at you, Mr. Postman. Listen, huh? I know how to deliver. This yeah, is a I man's bet you do. <sighs> Juvenile man's world. But it juvenile man. Nothing. What does a juvenile man do? He but meets I, you at three o'clock when the bell rings. He claps the erasers for nobody. You see? That's right. Man <laughs> now that's not drugs all over your sweater. That's chalk dust. Juvenile mad. That's my juvenile man prince. Yeah, there you go. Uh, like Barry. <laughs> Pounding your Pounding chest your like an chest animal. like your Tarzan, right? I'm a juvenile man. <laughs> Remember when you get when you when you first when you get that juvenile man voice? When, oh when yeah. When your voice started cracking. Yeah. It happened to Peter Brady when uh, you know. Uh, and they sang a song about it. And they did. I don't have it handy, but uh, if I did, I'd play it. No, you wouldn't play that. You would not play that one. When it's time to change, yeah, well, you've got to rearrange who you are and yeah, what I can't, you uh, I, I can't help you with that one right now. It's a good one though. And he goes, Sha-na-na-na-na. you know, because his vo- cracked voice. You really bring up some uh, some good memories there, Banks. You oh, really I know. Hey, listen, you don't need to tell me. Uh, May Dom. Hold on a second. I right. think I've got it. Sha-na-na-na-na-na. There you go. It's just a rolling around in that Baxi's musical fun bag, just sitting there. And then winter turns to spring. Ooh. It's not just.
first season, you know it goes for everything. Clouds can turn to rain. I don't know how long it takes to get to this, but I don't know if it's really worth it. How could you not let that ditty play all five minutes of that? I, it, it's only uh, it's only uh, two minutes and forty seven seconds long, but sometimes you can make the argument that that's even too long itself. They had a they had a good thing going there. It's too bad uh, too bad they broke up. The uh, the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Mayor Dom Dom will be announcing higher education ARPA funding with the uh, local colleges on Wednesday. According to the city of Springfield, Chief Development Officer Tim Sheehan will join uh, Dom Dom along with representatives from American International College, Springfield College, and Western New England University for the announcement today. In response to the COVID-19 global pandemic, uh, Dom Dom uh, created the uh, Department of Recovery and Business Continuity, the DRBC. You've heard of that before. Mm-hmm. To effectively administer the American Rescue Plan funds within the city of Springfield for all eligible use categories as determined by the U.S. Department of Treasury through its interim final rule, according to the city of Springfield. The DRBC utilizes public input that is gathered from Springfield residents and nonprofit organizations, uh, you know, to implement these programs and stuff that they got going. Mayor Dom Dom says... I'm proud to announce with CDO Tim Sheehan and uh, representatives from the three local colleges the details of my administration's $750,000 higher education ARPA funds, which I previously announced back in July as part of my 13th round of ARPA awards announcements, and it comes right in time for Christmas. What's inside Sano's sack? Come on (laughs) over and get your ARPA funds, everybody. Sano Claus. Win you. AIC. (laughs) Stick. Come on over here. Get your opera funds. <laughs> it's a joyous season for everybody. Springfield College has been both naughty and nice. We're going to go with the nice part this time because I feel like uh, I should uh, change my attitude this time. Yeah, there you go. But, uh, but, but you know, he's got, the, he's got the presence. That's the kind of guy you want to be hanging out. Uh, a man faces charges for what detectives uh, said was uh, a scheme to prevent a victim from testifying against him in court. Uh, this is out of Putnam, Connecticut, by the way. 52-year-old, by the way, 52-year-old Thuo uh, <laughs> Mithwiga, who is from Kenya, was arrested on Monday by state police. Uh, troopers said an informant went into their lobby to report that his employer asked for his help to find a hitman to kill somebody. What kind of boss does that? I don't know. I've known a few in our lifetime that would probably wouldn't put it past them. Remember the guy that used to pretend that he was part of the group of people? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. These are my people. And that's your people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they say they later found out that there was a court proceeding that involved uh, Mithwiga and the victim and that the execution of a murder for hire plot would make the victim unable to testify during it. Detectives said an undercover trooper was able to play the role of the hitman. Police said uh, Mithwiga was going to pay 4400 in total and have his wife killed. He had a Connecticut State Trooper with a different name. What are the just, odds? Well, just like they did with the traffic tickets where they were writing all the fake names. What's your last name, sir? Uh, McOchner? <laughs> Barry? Oh, hey, Barry. Will you kill somebody for me? Absolutely not. <laughs> You're going to jail. Yeah, I just speak very clear, clearly into this little uh, little boutonniere I have on my jacket. With Thwiga, it was going to pay $4,400 in total to have his wife killed. That's a seemingly low amount of money. 
Well, I don't know uh, what the uh, what the protocol is. I mean, can you haggle for something like that? Uh, will they take competitor coupons? I mean, what do they do? I don't know. He was staying at a Motel 6 in Putnam off and on, police said. Well, that's my temporary vacation home. Such amenities. It's my VRBO rental. Yeah. Yeah. My, the uh, old the Motel 6. Uh, according to police, he rented directly from Tom Bodette. Well, they left he the was, light on for him. According to police, he asked a worker of his to find someone who can put some injection in his wife's food or water that would kill her slowly. The That worker then tipped off police to what was happening. That was probably the good move. On yeah. Part. That's a... <clears throat> What was most important to me That's was, the employee of the year right there. Was the was to save this woman's life. I thought of the wife and I thought of her children. I had no choice but to turn him in, the informant said. Police said Mithuiga gave the undercover hitman four hundred dollars up front and would give him another four thousand when it was over. The plan was to, to have the hitman take the wife on a date, do drugs with her, and make sure she took fentanyl. Okay. Wow. Police said Mithuiga wanted a slow death for the wife, but ultimately agreed that the hitman could kill the victim in any manner that he chooses. Oh, it's like a choose-your-own-hitman scenario. Remember we were talking about choose-your-own-ending news? Right. Do you want to see this, or do you want to see this? (laughs) Well, I'm suggesting you go with fentanyl, but you can do whatever you want. I want to do it slow, but I'm going to leave the method up to you. The uh, sting operation went down Monday night where police arrested him at the hotel he was taken into custody without incident. Can you imagine being the wife? That's um, going to really put a riff in Christmas dinner this year. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see them finding a way to resolve their conflict. Uh, I think, Once you get to the point where you want to have someone kill her, that's, yeah. you know, to me, it's like maybe it's time to start seeing other people. Yeah, I, don't think, it, I think this is beyond a divorce mediator. Yes, it it's once you get to the point of paying someone to kill them. Yes, mediation will never work. Listen, uh, he wants you to die. Is there anything you can give up? <laughs> uh, we just I mean, want the house, ma- the car, yeah, 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 some, something like that. Something. Yeah, yeah. like you, you know, full visitation to the children. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It is currently 28 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, oh, yeah. Hey, Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 749 in Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. You know, I was not allowed to join my high school band due to my uh, crummy attitude and my inability to walk in a straight line in unison with anybody else. Uh, yeah, I couldn't either, but uh, if they were telling you they were going to play the music of Metallica, wouldn't you have joined? I probably would have, except I was... Uh, I don't think Metallica was around back when I was in high school. Okay, let's say they were doing uh, uh, Black Sabbath, music of Black Sabbath. How awesome would that? You would have done. You would have jumped right in on that. You're damn right. Uh, Nathan Holosowski is the uh, is the band director at uh, at West Springfield High School. He's here with uh, one of his students, Bruce Dumont. Uh, Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Thanks for having us. Yes. Uh, First of all, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the band here. And there's a there's a contest that you guys are entering, and you're looking for help. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Metallica and uh, Tama Tama Drums and Hal Leonard put together a contest, nationwide contest, 
asking for the best Metallica halftime shows for high school and college level uh, marching bands. And so uh, West Springfield High School jumped right in. It was a no-brainer for us. And, and uh, yeah, we're, we are in the contest, and we would love for everybody to come check us out. Now, I, uh, when it, when you're talking about uh, you know, a Metallica halftime show, you're doing like a, like Seek and Destroy, a, you know, Bread Fan, Master of Puppets, uh, Fade to Black. Which ones are you doing? Uh, we're doing uh, Master of Puppets, For Whom the Bell Tolls, uh, one, and Bruce, what's the other one? Enter Sandman. Enter oh, Sandman. dude, you're you crushing it with that with that lineup. Can you imagine if Mariano Rivera walked out on the field to a, a big a marching band version of Enter Sandman? It might not have been as intimidating. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, I've seen some marching band yeah. interpretations of uh, of metal songs before, and it crushes. Uh, and and this one is cool. You sent us the uh, the YouTube video for this, yes. and what. The drum set. Tell me more about the drum set, Bruce. Did you put you put this drum set together? Yes. Yeah, so I I had gotten this drum set as uh, raw shells, so no hardware, no heads, nothing. And over the summer, as because we started this show back in May, we started this a long time ago, back when they first announced it. We started practicing music, finding music. Um, and I had gotten this drum set. And I'm like, you know, it's the perfect dimensions to make a Lars. Um, replica drum set so i went ahead sanded everything painted everything made everything look identical and i think it was a really really good touch to add to the show it's pretty awesome man i oh, mean yeah. I'm, I'm watching the thing it's it lights up and all that stuff oh, yeah. and, you, and you got uh you know you pounding pounding away on <laughs> oh yeah um but yeah with the rest of theater of malum we're, we're a group uh that we we formed back in seventh grade and uh we just finished up recording uh our, our full 10 song album uh, we'll be releasing that soon, hopefully. We've been playing alongside people like Last in Line, which has members like Vinnie Apice, um, Vivian Campbell. We've been playing with some big, uh, big tribute bands like the Iron Maidens, um, and it's really it's been a it's been a it's been a, it's been a good past couple of years for us. Hold on, bro. So I, I, how old are you? Uh, we're all seven. Actually, no, I'm seventeen. The singer and guitarist are 17, and our bass is 18. So junior, senior? Uh, yeah, we're all seniors. Yeah, You're all seniors. Yeah. So uh, you got this band, and it's already... Uh, I mean, you're doing great with this yeah. band, is it what was, you're yeah. telling It was a no-brainer for us to to include Theater of Malum with the marching band competition. Our, our design for... If you watch the videos, we have a rock band with a marching band, and a lot of the others are just rock, the marching band, but we combined the two, and that was... That was our, our design, and it was no-brainer. These guys are super talented, and we wanted to do this together. Now, this uh, this contest that we're talking about, uh, th- these are schools all over the country participating in this contest. That's right. And the winner uh, gets what? So the winner gets uh, uh, money and uh, equipment. Um, the fan favorite vote uh, gets 10000 and the judged vote gets fifteen thousand, so you could get up to twenty-five thousand uh, dollars plus uh, marching equipment, uh, musical instruments, uh, which we really need. Yeah, I think anyone who was uh, involved in you know high school band will tell you they need the money for <laughs> yeah, new equipment. Absolutely. Everyone's got old equipment, so that so that's cool. So if uh, so, how does how do you win this thing? All right, so uh, we need some fans. We need some fans out there. We need some voters. And uh, right now, we've pretty much tapped out the West Springfield uh, uh, friends and family votes. So we need West Springfield. We need uh, Springfield. We need all of Western Mass. Anybody listening, it's it's uh, to get out and get a um, give us a vote. 
um, just type in uh, marching band Metallica con- contest and then uh, scroll down and find West Side and, and vote for us. Um, you can also go to West Springfield Music 413 and, uh, and find the vote there too. And we'll put this up on our uh, social media pages and mm-hmm. all that stuff for people to, to check out as well. Yeah. Uh, as, well, as, well as well as the video. Yeah, you yeah. Got the, check you got out the, the video. F- the video yeah. is just, it's absolutely yeah. amazing what, what can be put together right. in, 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 in the time of being in high school. I don't remember right. doing any of this stuff. I don't, like, we, like, marching bands weren't, like, a huge thing back right. when I was in high school. Yeah, we put a lot of time in, um, I would say, over 160 hours of, of rehearsal and performance so far. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's a lot of time and commitment from, from our students. And I want to just give a shout-out to the West Springfield um, kids that are listening right now. I know there's band class right now while I'm doing this interview. So, uh-huh. hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look who got to go out for the yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. H and Bruce get to go. You're all <laughs> stuck here yeah. doing school. Yeah, you're all stuck there in the classroom. <laughs> oh, oh, apparently, right. apparently we're the ones who had to have an education. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, this is unbelievably cool. So, I mean, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, at the, the, the contest page. And you know you've got videos up there. Other schools have got videos up there, but you're only one of a handful of Massachusetts communities. That's right. That got involved. I'm kind of surprised that it's it's only just like what do you say, three or four? Yeah, three in Massachusetts. Uh, we're the only Western Mass group, and uh, we we want to represent. And uh, it, it's something that everybody could be proud of the the, the town of West Side, the school uh, department, but also just everybody here in Western Mass. You know, uh, you know, you and I had talked uh, last week, bef- you know, obviously mm-hmm. before the interview, and we, we were talking about like Midwestern states and how there's a lot of you know they're, they're very aggressive in the in the training, I guess you yep. would, you would do to put into this. What is the difference between something like a school out in the Midwest who's – is it money? Is it more – I think they're closer to the Big Ten schools Yeah, um, and the high-powered marching bands of the and the collegiate level. And so basically those high schools are feeder programs for those schools. Gotcha. And, you know, we don't have that same tradition here in, in, in New England. Um, but, uh, you know, we do have a few schools that still do drill and halftime shows and, you know, we're one of the few and, uh, our kids work real hard for that. And, you know, they're very proud of their, uh, we're very proud of our work. Um, and I'm proud of them for, yeah. for taking that on. Awesome. So let me just uh, understand this. So you, know, Bruce, you got your band, yeah. you got the, these guys in the band you've been playing for a while. Oh, yeah. How did you guys come together? On that, were you, you were you part of the school band? Yeah. So uh, me and our bassist Ian Gallacher, we're we're still a part of band to this day. Uh, Darren Traplock, our lead singer and rhythm guitarist, he's he was a part of band from fourth grade all the way up to eleventh grade. And Eli Olson, our lead guitarist, he's been a part of band since fourth grade, I believe, up until eighth grade. And I'd really like to note on the fact that, um, you know, when it came down to COVID happening, everything like that, we band basically got shut down. So when I entered right. high school. Band was through a Zoom class. We didn't have any actual chance to really play. Well, we played in the parking lot. Well, we remember. played in the parking <laughs> and lot. And the parents we... came in their cars and they applauded with their horns. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we, 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 um, we rocked it. But the fact that we've gone from Zoom meetings to a huge production like this in just yeah. the past few years really, to me, is, is, is something special. Um, the amount of work that we've had to put in. Um, I mean, we did band camp, which is like a 50-hour week. Yep. Um. Wow. Of just in August in the in the heat. Oh yeah, outdoors wow. could have been on the beach, hour. but we were on the field. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and just the amount of work that went into it, it, it really is, you know, I wish there was like a behind the scenes video almost just to, just to show how much went into it between not only the band itself, but my own personal band, us learning all, because, you know, we, we play a couple Metallica songs and trying to, because they're a little bit different for the marching, trying yeah, to relearn sure. them was definitely a task in, its own, in itself. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we were we were a part of band. I've been a part of band since fourth grade. Uh, I've been drumming for, you know, over a decade now. Yeah. And... You know, it was it was just we heard about this Metallica thing. It came out, and I'm like, oh man, I really hope we do that when they announced it. <laughs> and sure enough, he announces we're doing it, and I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. And it was awesome. It was great to play. Well, it's wildly impressive, and uh, even just to, to be a part of this and to be on the website, uh, that that's a distinct honor in itself. But they need your help. So how can you do this again? So you can go uh, Metallica marching band competition. Uh, do that as a search, and then uh, it brings you right there. And then you just have to scroll and find West Springfield. We're W, so we're all the way on the bottom. There's 100 bands. But then uh, it's a text to vote, and the instructions will be right there. It's one vote per cell phone. And um, and then we'd love for you to watch the YouTube video, uh, West Springfield High School Marching Band. Um, and, uh, you know, like us and comment. And uh, we, we want that excitement. Um, there as well. Very awesome. good, uh, Mr. H. Bruce Dumont from West Springfield High School. Great to see you. Best of luck. Hope you guys. Uh, hope you guys win. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Thank guys. So much. Good Thank to have you. you. It's uh, seven fifty nine with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. Attention, team nineteen for one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. It was the beginning of an intensely sour relationship between these two historic franchises. It's a rivalry filled with hatred and suspicion, a frosty relationship fueled by more than 104 years of bruised egos, bitter hostility, and an unwavering level of distrust. This is one of the reasons there have been only eight trades between these two teams over the last 54 years, and I haven't been a big fan of any of them. Yesterday, it was announced that the Red Sox and the Yankees have completed a trade that almost nobody expected by the Red Sox shipping out outfielder Alex Verdugo in exchange for three right-handed pitchers, Richard Fitz, Greg Weissert, and Nicholas Judice. What do I know about these guys? Well, not much. I can tell you that Fitz had 163 strikeouts in AA last year. Weiser pitched 31 and a third inning for the Yankees after striking out 162 batters in AAA. And Judice is a 6'8", 230-pound behemoth who was drafted earlier this year. Do I trust any of these guys? Not yet. Am I going to miss having Alex Verdugo in the Red Sox lineup? Well, let's see. The dude is in the final year of his contract. They were paying him $9 million a year to post a... 264 batting average on a last place team. I think I'll find a way to get over it. Here's my problem. There are 28 other teams in the league and while not having, uh, not, well not all of them would be willing to trade away raw pitching talent for a guy who's never quite reached his potential, the last place I'd want to see the Red Sox trade a guy is to, the, is to the New York Yankees. Why? Because in some way I'm still reeling from that whole Babe Ruth fiasco from 104 years ago. Sure, perhaps I'm holding on to an egregious mistake from the aughts of the early 20th century, but Red Sox fans are forced to suffer for that mistake. The good news is that no one is ever going to confuse Alex Verdugo for Babe Ruth. The bad news is, despite that, Verdugo makes the Yankees slightly better, and I'm simply not comfortable with that. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Where would you go for a snow thrower? Personally, I'd go to Rocky's. Aaron's the king of snow, Ego the battery-powered badass, plus craftsman. Please, Rocky's Ace Hardware is Winter Storm headquarters before and after the storm. Rocky's is where you want to go for a good snow thrower. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 813 and sticks. 
with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, sunny eventually. It's actually snowing right now outside. Come on. It's snowing. It's There's flurries. It's flurries, yeah. but uh, it's eventually going to be sunny with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, remember when I said that uh, Friday we're going to have uh, Bob Cowsill from the Cowsills on? Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently we had that wrong. He's actually on with us uh, today because uh, we... We're unable to follow the schedule properly. I, I love this song. The rain, the park, and yeah. the other things? Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Wait, 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 wait. And I knew I knew I knew I knew I knew I Ah, the beautiful sounds of the cast. Oh, yeah, man. I'll tell you what. They were a big deal back in the 60s. This uh, one goes all the way back to 1967 How when I was th- just one years old. How about that? Well, they got a brand new EP out, and it's a bunch of Christmas classics. And on the phones right now is Bob Cowsill from the Cowsills. Good morning, Bob. How are you? Hey, fine. Thank you. Great to great to. Great. Ha- great to have you. Congratulations. You got a brand new EP out, uh, a Christmas offering from the Cowsills. It's a pretty busy year for you guys. You just had a, an album last year, and now you're into the uh, into the Christmas spirit. That's awesome. I know we're very fortunate, let me tell you. At this point in our career, it's pretty cool to have anything going on, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you guys have... When did, when did the family come together and start performing? This is like back in the like is it mid-60s or so? Yep, this, this grew its root in Newport, Rhode Island, and uh, we played Springfield, Massachusetts, all the time in the in the mid '60s and late '60s. Had teenage nightclubs back then, and uh, it was just a family group that started there in Newport, and we sprung out of New England. And uh, you know, we had a couple of flops before they put our mom in the group, and then they put the mom in the group, and uh, we had a big hit record with the Flower Girl. Well, the Rain the Park and other things, but people call it the Flower Girl. So, and, and, and from what what I understand, this uh, the melody for uh, Christmas time, the song for Marissa, written in the late seventies and sat for years without lyrics as an instrumental, it and it did. and it wasn't recognized as Christmas music. It well, look, this is our summation: is that this melody, I, I we could not put words to it, and we're, we're you know as a writer that you could accept, and we even sent it to another writer to put words to it. I can't put words to this, so we called. We figured it was an instrumental, and you can write an instrumental, right? And, and then it was eleven years later, I think in the eight. I was in a heat wave in my car, and it hit me. I don't know why that that was a Christmas melody, and my wife Mary Jo and I. We got those lyrics out in two weeks that we couldn't do in 11 years. We did it in two weeks. And, and uh, that was a great <laughs> message to us. That was Christmas music. We thought that was amazing because that's a Christmas carol. Yeah. yeah, it is. really is. Actually, I was just listening to it. It's a beautiful song. Thank you very much. We're very pleased with it. Uh, you know, Christmas was a big deal for our family. We had, uh, I mean, we all remember, we had seven kids. So the, the Christmas of the bicycles, it looked like a bike store in the living room. <laughs> it was incredible to see. So I'll never forget stuff like that. So this is uh, again the, the the name of the EP is a Christmas offering from the Cow Sills, and then last year you guys released uh, Rhythm of the World on uh, on Omnivore Recordings. Uh, yes, yes. Cheryl Pavelski, who runs uh, who owns Omnivore Recordings, is an old college friend of mine. So I mean, I've known her forever. Oh, that's the f- amazing. Yeah, and, and, the, and she's fantastic, and the the fact that she's involved in in this, I think, is really really cool. That company does. We start- are in a good. Yes, we're in a good home with Cheryl and Brad and Omnivore. 
I'm very excited to have a Christmas carol come out this season because, you know, this is the birth of a Christmas carol. They come every year now once they land. So we're really looking forward to people sort of loving, hopefully love this song and this melody. And uh, the next year it comes and the year after and get into that. That would be a, a pretty cool thing. The, the yes, cool, Omnivore is amazing. The cool thing about that, about that, uh, about Omnivore is they, they tend to release a lot of historical recordings. But when they do release new material, it's because... They really do believe in it, and I think they wouldn't even consider releasing an EP unless they were in total support of it. So that's, I think that says a lot about their confidence in what you guys have just released in this EP. It said it said volumes to us because Cheryl and Brad. I mean, look, we know Omnivore. You're right; they're very famous for fantastic reissues beyond reissues. You know what I mean? And yeah. we have that in our satchel too for them. Uh, but when they heard our new stuff and got excited, we thought, "Wow." Uh, and, and we even said, but but you don't put out news. Well, yes, we do, and, and they do once in a while. But you're right; they're very selective, very selective. Do, 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 We're I, quite honored. I'm, I'm I'm understanding that the castles had their own comic book for a brief period of time. Well, you know, you really um, there's two things that can happen to you where you really can convince yourself that you got big in your life. Yeah, you would get on the Ed Sullivan show back then, and we did that twice. That was a big TV show of the day, Top of the Bell Curve TV show. Everyone wanted to get on it. And a comic book. Uh, we were quite honored for Harvey Comics <laughs> to have a comic book. I mean, there's a story in it called Bob Goes to the Beach. Okay, I, and, and there I am with my dimple <laughs> in my chin over, you know, how you're caricatured. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's, a, it, it's an honor. It's an honor yeah. because it sits in, in your archive now, and, and your kids see it, your grandkids see it, and you go, and your grandkids, they could see it, and they go, they did that on you? You know, like, you're just dad and grandpa, you know. It, it was great. This is a Bob Cowsill on the phone. You know, the, the Cowsills, obviously, well, I think you know this, but the Cowsills were the inspiration for the Partridge family. Mm -hmm. You know, when you've got seven kids and they can all sing and sing pretty damn well, I mean, was was this like one of those things where your parents kind of said, ooh, these, these kids are talented, we must get them, or with like, or the kids really wanting to do this? I mean, you hear all, all, all the time, like, like stage moms or stage parents. Was that the situation with you guys? No, we, we were seven kids, you're right. But back in those days, if your seven kids were interested in anything, that was good news to the parents. <laughs> I can't imagine seven kids, honestly. So, but it, it started with just the four of us because, you know, we're the young ones. Bill and I were seven and eight-year-olds. By the time we're 12, 13, 14, Barry and John are eight and ten, and, and uh, Susan's not even born. Uh, so we're just, but we're always musical through our whole lives as children. We just love to do it. Now, when the foursome got good and the Beatles came out and we all learned what songs to play and how to look and what gear to buy, then we got real good. And yes, our dad and mom noticed, you couldn't help but notice because we're practicing in the house. And our dad, he didn't become a stage dad. He became a facilitator for the talented children that he realized he had. And we started playing local in Newport, Rhode Island and all over Massachusetts and Connecticut and New England. Uh, with the foursome got signed to labels and but as the younger kids came and they could sing now our vocals we got into vocals and so the vocal stack gets bigger and that was a good thing and 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 you guys were just in enormous i mean like you said the ed sullivan show you on the night show american bandstand the mike douglas show i mean yeah playboy after dark i hope you guys are all over the age of 21 by the time that happened that was a hoot. Uh, that was us going out of the box. We did that occasionally. You know, sometimes we went so far out of the box, people forgot about us. But honestly, <laughs> that was a really 
fun, fun outlying show to do. And television embraced us because, you know, we're a family band. Our mom was in the band, and that did make us different than everybody back then. So we were very fortunate for that. The uh, the name of the new EP is A Christmas Offering from the Cow Sills. It's a three-song EP, and don't forget uh, their album from 2022, Rhythm of the World, uh, both re- uh, released on Omnivore Recordings. Bob Cowsill, we appreciate the time today. Best of luck. Um, by the Thank oh, you. And, Enjoy, and Merry Christmas. Yes, sir? Yeah, and, and by the way, you guys are going to be at Mohegan Sun on February 10th. I wanted to squeeze yeah. that in, too, so you could check out the, uh, the hey, Cowsills performing right. live. Yeah, awesome. We're coming to New England. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody, guys, and uh, enjoy Christmas time. Some Good Years is our other song, and then we gave you an acapella Winter Wonderland on that uh, digital offering. And have a great holiday season, everybody. You Thank too. You, Bob Cowsill with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Have you seen all these lists? I'm gonna- Five with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Dan Brown will give you the forecast. Uh, I will tell you that it's a little bit of flurries outside right now, but nothing to worry about. Nah, please, come on. Hey, Rock 102 and feelgoodshoplocal.com. I want to hook you up for the holidays. Over 50 local businesses on the site. You can do all your holiday shopping from the very comfort of your home. Because who wants to go out, really? Congratulations to uh, Shelly Hicks of Leverett. won last month's uh, giveaway, and you could be next. Go to rock102.com and sign up to win a $250 gift certificate to feelgoodshoplocal.com. We'll choose a winner December 18th. Your chance to win with Feel Good Shop Local and Rock 102, uh, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, I'm just reading this story here. Back in September... A 39-year-old woman near Cleveland named Rosemary Hain got mm-hmm. arrested for throwing a burrito bowl at a Chipotle worker. She didn't think it was made well enough or something and started yelling at the woman and uh, threw it in her face and uh, got thrown in jail for assault. And footage of it went viral a few days later. Uh, now it's in the news again after she just got sentenced last week and her judge decided to get a little creative with it. Uh, his name is Timothy Gilligan. Gilligan! Hey, little buddy! He uh, gave her 180 days in jail, but suspended 90 of those days and offered her a way to lop off another 60 if she wants to. She could avoid two months in jail if she agreed to get a job working at a fast food restaurant to see what it's like. She has to work there part-time, 20 hours a week for at least two months. She agreed to it and said she'd start looking for job openings. Gilligan, my boy, are there free refills? Hey, hey, Skipper. (laughs) Uh, The employee she hit with the burrito bowl is Emily Russell. She said it was so traumatizing she left her job at Chipotle but has a new gig now. She told the reporter she was happy with the judge's sentence. No, I'd be happy uh, getting restitution from this woman. I'd I'd want free burrito bowls for the rest of my life. Listen, I'm I'm just serving this garbage. I don't want to actually eat it or wear it. Oh, and I'm willing to wear it. I'm just not willing to eat it. How did how did Chipotle survive the great? Didn't they have? Wasn't there like a whole uh, everybody was getting salmonella or hepatitis or something like that from all the restaurants? And um, then, uh, yes, there there was a period of time when some of the lettuce may yeah. have been tainted, but they uh, they endured. They stuck. They stuck to their guns. And then I remember uh, taking my kids there, like I don't know, a year and a half ago or so, to yeah. a Chipotle. Figuring, well, okay, we're we're past the salmonella era. Let's see if we can move into the deliciousness. And it's not bad. No, you know, it's Chipotle's fine. It's not bad. It's expensive, though. All fast food is now these days. Three burritos cost me almost forty dollars. That that's just insane. It's yeah. it's taco meat. 
But can what? you really afford to not feed your family fresh, delicious, listeria-free uh, lettuce and such? You know what? It's easier to go get all the ingredients. You probably spend forty dollars. You probably get uh, three times as many burritos out of it. Doing that, I just—I uh, don't know. There's something about a Chipotle that rubs me the wrong way. <sighs> I don't think you're supposed to be rubbing yourself the wrong way in a Chipotle. <laughs> Well, uh, is it, isn't that how they all got salmonella no, to begin, or hepatitis to begin with? No, tainted lettuce comes from other sources. Oh yeah, I got hepa- I got uh, I got hepatitis because Nagel went to the Chipotle last week. It's eight twenty nine. News is next to Rock one hundred two. Here's your Western Mass news. It's eight thirty three with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The police were conducting an investigation at Chicopee High School on Tuesday. Afternoon, according to Chickabee High School, several officers and detectives secured the area of the high school. Police said there was no threat to the public and no injuries were reported. According to uh, Chickabee Police spokesperson Travis Ordiorn, is it Odi? I don't even know how to say that. Odiorn, O D I O R N E. Sure. I just don't want to mess the guy's name. No, I understand. Uh, we never made fun of uh, someone's name before. I mean, especially who was a person who's a spokesperson for anything. Right. Uh, at approximately 2.15 p.m., the school resource officer at Chicopee High School was made aware of a fight that was taking place in front of the school at dismissal time. It was uh, Buddy Revel and uh, what was Casey Samasco's name? in the Oh, my guy. God. I don't even remember. The SRO intervened, leading to a foot chase when a juvenile man ran up Wheatland Avenue. A juvenile man. You know who else is a juvenile man, Bax? Who? I'm a juvenile man. You're a juvenile man? You're a juvenile man. I'm a juvenile man? Yes. Or, or Odiorn uh, adds that as the party began to run away, another party in the area of the disturbance yelled to the SRO that the juvenile man may have a firearm. So many parties. It's like house party. <laughs> but kid yes. and play. It's kid and play house yeah, party. Yeah, You're yeah. absolutely right. Chicopee officers were then called to secure the area. Uh, spokesperson Odiorn said that a firearm has not been located at this time. Well, there may or may not have been a firearm. We don't know. The investigation is ongoing with limited details due to the juvenile man involvement. After uh, school activities at Chicopee High School and DuPont Middle School were suspended as police conducted the investigation, the school was not placed in lockdown Due to the timing of the dismissal and the incident happening uh, coincidentally. Well, they're already walking out the door. Right. You can't just say, you know what? Go back inside, kids. We're going to lock this place down. School's over. We'll tell your parents everything that's going on. Don't worry about it. But then you couldn't get to the the school. So I don't know how they handled all that. So they haven't identified this uh, man-child they're looking for, right? I don't know if they have or not, or uh, they probably have. I would imagine. Uh, I mean, the Chickabee police are uh, on the up and up for the most part. See, I'm really confused by this uh, juvenile man. Is this a, is this like a like a grown ass man with uh, staggeringly young looks, or is this a young kid with like a deep voice and a job? Well, it could be. It could be that. It could be one of those kids in high school that was always older than everybody else. You always had one of those. Oh, yeah, we had one. Stayed back a couple of years for any number of reasons. Yeah. And uh, is now a senior when he should have graduated three years ago. I seem to recall there being a kid. He did graduate like a year before me, but he was like 21 years old. Yeah. And he didn't go back to high school to finish. I mean, he he just took his time. 
in high school because he really enjoyed it allegedly. In my uh, in my high school up in Syracuse, we had uh, it was a guy uh, Roger Maris. Roger was the guy who used to hang out. Uh, Roger Maris? No, Harris. Roger Harris. That's what it was. You went to high school with a Roger Maris. That nah, would that would make you about uh, 106 years old. It was Harris. It was Harris. Okay. And, uh, and Roger uh, was one of those guys who did in fact graduate, but yet somehow was hanging around the school all the time and nobody really seemed to like push him out i think like to in today's in this day and age yeah. you, i mean if i go to my kids school it's like fort knox like you can't just get in the school can't, like, you, you have can't to, hang no there's a security officer you got to talk to on a on a ding dong doorbell thing yep and then uh, they say uh, who are you and i say uh, i'm here uh, as a parent uh, my 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 kids here and then you okay. got to go to the office and sign in no 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 they let you in through one set of doors then you got to push the ding dong button again what's the point of that it's to prevent people from, you know, at least you can get a good look at them again. You know, that's a safety protocol. But this guy, Roger, he would sit there. He'd have he'd have one of those, like, it was like one of those Australian outback hats. Yeah. And he wore a long trench coat and then these big black boots. Like he was, I don't know. Very like, trench coat mafia type of thing, isn't well, he, it? He had, there were like work boots, but he didn't do a whole lot of working. Yeah. Unless he was working the freshman girls, because that's exactly what he was doing there. You know, we had a couple of guys like that who had graduated and, and would always come back. Yeah. Like to hang out after school. Yeah. Why? I remember this one kid, Glenn. Glenn would come back all the time. And you know, Glenn had been graduated for like three years and still coming back. Yeah. And I always thought, what a waste of this kid's time to be hanging out with high school kids no. after graduating three years later. There's something mm, creepy about that. Well, there's something creepy about it, but it's also like a sense of identity, I think, for some of them. Yeah. Like, like they were picked on. They weren't respected by any of their classmates while they were going through school. But now they have the advantage. They're older and they're looked up to because they're the only ones around and nobody else is there yeah. to tell them what a, what a douchebag they were when they were going to this But school. you're a grown-ass man hanging out at a high school and you're not either a student, an employee, or teacher. Is 19 a grown-ass man or is that a juvenile man? Well... Uh, that's a good question, but uh, I think at this point, Glenn was uh, nearing 24 years old. Yeah. Oh, well, see, that's a little bit different. Yeah. This it's, guy it's too was much. probably, I think he was 20 by the time he stopped hanging out at the school until they finally gave him a janitor job. And they're like, listen, you're going to be here all day. <laughs> Why don't you get the gum off yeah. the bottom of the desk yeah, grab, while you're in there? Grab this mop and clean up the skids you put you left in the floor with your boots. But it was a, it was a very creepy, like seemingly creepy relationship because he would hang out with these like a group of of freshman girls yeah. every year. It was kind of like the the Matthew McConaughey yeah, of uh, you know of dazed and confused. That's not right. It's, it's not, not right. It's not right, it, and it's kind of weird. Maybe so. I don't know if this kid was that. Do you ever like, no. like so? You're, I mean, your kids aren't yet in high school, but I mean, you've yeah. been to their middle schools and yeah. all that other stuff. When you go back into their school, yeah, do you ever think to yourself, "Thank God I'm not in this anymore," because I've done that when I've gone back to my old high school, thinking, "Oh God, the last place I would want to do, the last thing I would want to do, would be a regular here." You know, 
I got to say, I think I would would want to like go back to be a kid again and go through high school again. Because, if you knew what you knew now. Well, because of all the opportunities that are available. We didn't have any of this stuff. I came from a from a rural high school in upstate New York, and we had nothing. When I came here to Minichog, yeah, it was like it, it, it goes to show you what money can do. Sure, you know That's when, you, when true. you have more money in a school system. Here I am over at uh, at Minichog taking these like oh not just music appreciation class, but like the history of pop music. Like, yeah, what other school do you know that has one of those? You know, or had one when you were a kid. Yeah, but but even even uh, with that, Steve, even when you came to Wilbraham and you were at Minichog, yeah, you were at a distinct advantage. There were certain things that you could never have, like buddies or girlfriends. You know, those are the kind of I things. I still don't have those. See, yeah, nobody wants to hang out with me. No, yeah. not really. But I mean, you know, they would in, in, they would endure you. Yes, they probably would endure me. Um, but yeah, I would, I would probably take a stab at it again. You know, if I, if I, if I knew then what I know now, yeah, sure. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. Own that place. Oh, I, 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 I would crush it. I mean, I was, I was incredibly popular back then, but nevertheless, yeah. I mean, I would, uh, I would probably do things a little bit differently. I would probably modify some, some of my behavior. Would you like some, well, I might, uh, study or complete homework that was mine study yeah i mean you know in hindsight maybe i should have done a little bit more of that no you can just bring all the things you've sucked in from fox news and cnn over the years and go that's not the way this works and then you can just be one of those guys in the classroom had google been around from 1980 to 1984 which was my high school sweet spot yeah life would have turned out very differently (laughs) If Wikipedia yeah. could have solved all my problems of of like uh, you know <laughs> citing sources or any yeah. of that other great stuff, I would have I would have been at the top of my class. You know, I uh, as as uh, my I don't even want to get into this because we don't have time for the discussion because we have we do have a guest we do. that's coming up. Hey, you know what? We'll talk about high schools coming up another day on the show. <laughs> Maybe we can get my math teacher to give us an ID. Yeah, it's there you the go. It's the Nagel Show. <laughs> this one couldn't tell time, and this one couldn't uh, study his books for the life of him. You know, and, and he, we could do the whole thing. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 35. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 36. It's 28 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102, by the way. So, you're thinking of tinting your car. Did you know the guys at Fort Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock? It's 850. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Sunny and a high of 35 today. Sunny and a high of 36 tomorrow. It is 30 right now in downtown Springfield. In the uh, studio with us right now are a couple of dogs and Gary Rome from Gary Rome Hyundai. It's good to see you, Gary. Good morning. Doing? Good to see you guys. So, what's going on with you? You got your, your again, you're your busy around the holiday season? Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with yeah. the Toys for Tots. Yeah, so it's actually, we have a, this event is, is to stuff the trunk, and we're working with Jess Miller. This is the 10th year that she's done this, and we're working to collect toys for foster children, and we're working with the MSPCC, which is the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. And so we are in the, in the showroom. We're collecting unwrapped toys, 
and we've been doing that since the 17th of November. And then we're going to, uh, the finale, excuse me, is, uh, is this Sunday when Mr. and Mrs. Claus are going to make an appearance in the showroom between 11 and 4. That's going to be cool. Will they be test driving new sleighs? Uh, hopefully it'll be test driving you Hyundai's. <laughs> well, I was going to say, uh, I've driven one of those, the, the Palisades. Yes. You should totally get Santa to give up the sled for one of those things. Those, the, the, I like the, 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 seeing the odometer and everything on the window. It's amazing. Yeah. The heads up display. Yeah. yeah. I, I borrowed somebody's car who had this. And it, first of all, it, it freaked me out cause I wasn't expecting it. And then I'm like. This is pretty cool. You you got all the navigation right there. In Everything front of you. you don't have to take your eyes yeah. off the road for anything. It's really it's quite safe. Yeah, I think Santa yeah. can turn in that sleigh for. Well, uh, I don't think a nice there's house. a lot of safety equipment on that sled. To be quite honest with you, he's <laughs> driving that thing around for like a hundred, you know, like thousands of years. Yeah, you can sell that at auction, right? Get rid of that thing. Uh, somebody will buy it. Yeah, right. somebody yeah. will buy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now's the time for, for trading in. Yeah, yeah, you really get your money's worth. Well, there's never, ever, ever, ever been a better time to buy a car than now. Well, that was uh, that was unusual to hear you say something like that, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but as far as like dropping off the toys go, I mean, it's like regular business hours until when? Yes, so it's regular business hours until this Sunday, uh, the, the 10th. And you could bring your unwrapped toy to Gary Room Hyundai at 150 Whiting Farms Road. And um, Jess and her team have been doing this for a while, and she's doing it at other locations. We're a little bit competitive, as you might know. Yeah. And so we're going to collect <laughs> more toys than any other location. Now, on Sunday, between 11 and 4, you can either bring a $10 donation or bring one, two, three, four, as many unwrapped toys as you want. And you'll have a photo op with the clauses. And uh, there's word, too, that... Daisy and Wynn might be there as well. Oh, well, that would be nice to yeah. have the dogs there and uh, ready to rock and roll. Now you got you got Daisy and Wynn here. Uh, yes. Now, yes. Uh, you know, Wynn is the uh, is the new dog. Yes. And he's, uh, he's bigger than Daisy already. Yeah. It, wow. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're just they're they're beautiful dogs. But Thank you know, you. other than the fact that they're, uh, I don't know if they need to go out or they're hungry or you know, just you know, whatever they need. <laughs> but they're really well, you know, well disciplined dogs these are really nice to the vishlas right yes yes and and they need to be because they're the official greeters and they meet clients every single day so uh, a lot of clients come in and they say i'm not going to buy a car until i meet the dogs and i say wait a minute i'll be right back (laughs) (laughs) we also have people that are that came in and they said i want to meet win and i said well are you here to get your car service no 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 i drive by here all the time i just wanted to meet win which is fine. You, you have people come in and, uh, and say hello yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, the dogs. Yeah. And uh, are you gonna are you, are you gonna teach them by Sunday how to do the their rendition of Jingle Dogs? <laughs> I'll, I'll work on yeah. it. <laughs> I, I tell you what, if you could do that, yeah. Gary, that would that's that's better than Time Magazine. I'll tell you what, you you get your dogs to sing Jingle Dogs, you'd be the only dealer in America that could do that. Is that a challenge? Yeah, that you're a competitive is. guy. Yeah, let, yeah that's a, that, I, that is a challenge, Gary. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have like a Christmas talent show. We'll have the, the dogs going on. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Well, this is, I mean, this is a great event and a great cause. Yes. And uh, you, you know, again, all you have to do is go to uh, you know, Gary Room Hyundai in, uh, in Holyoke and uh, drop off an unwrapped toy. Make sure it is unwrapped, but, uh, but new. That's right. Yeah. And, the, and these toys are for foster children. There's over 3,000 foster children in our area, and we want to make sure that everyone has at least one toy to open on Christmas. And, and the toys will, will be dispersed through the KidsNet program at the MSPCC, the uh, Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Children. 
and uh, our kids' organization as well as the uh, clinical and support options, right? That's exactly right. And, of course, we're working with Jess Miller and, and her team, and she's been doing comedy shows locally to raise money as well as collect toys. Very Excellent. good. Gary Rome, good to see you. Good to see you. Best of luck. Thank Thanks. you so much. Absolutely. It's uh, 8.55 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102.